702. The Political Desk. In a sense, to help us answer Rodney's question about where this might end, uh, let's look at corporate governance, particularly when it comes to the state. Uh, he referred there to that Sunday independent story, right? That's uh, really been one of the biggest uh, political stories of the last couple of weeks. Uh, this money that may or may not have been paid to Royal Baga by the Gauteng Health Department to provide personal protective equipment. Uh, the DICOs uh, still maintain they didn't receive any money. The Sunday Independent is standing by its story, saying that, in fact, the money was channeled through a front company for Royal Baga. Uh, they charged exactly what Royal Baga did for the items that were procured and were paid for the amount of money that Royal Baga would have been due to receive. Professor Peter Goss is a procurement and corporate governance advisor and joins us now on the line. Prof, a very good morning to you. Welcome to our program. Good morning. When all the relief measures were announced around COVID-19, cynical South Africans said, wait for it, it's coming, there will be corruption linked to this. It turns out they weren't wrong. And it's coming again with the infrastructure post-COVID uh, revival. Uh, I think that we got to get to the bottom of the processes we're following the current framework for procurement and supply chain, in my opinion, is quite solid. The problem is in the implementation thereof. You might recall that we once had a, had a character called a chief procurement officer at yeah. the National Treasury. Yeah. Whatever happened to that character? It's a good question. It's a good question, right? Because as much as you may point to that office, uh, we know we've been dealing with these issues for decades now. I mean, we can go back to the arms deal. We know state capture was uh, a big issue around procurement. You've got to almost ask the question, why have we not addressed these for so long? I think that we have a systemic issue. So as I said, policy procedure process is in place. The systemic and structural problem, I think, is a lack of independence in the procurement process. Explain that. So a major over a lack of independence in the procurement process. What I mean by that is uh, all of this is controlled by state officials, uh, sometimes under the influence of politicians and other parties, even private sector parties we've seen in the Bosasa matter and various other international companies in the arms deal matter. So what you've got to do is put in place a more independent structure over and above the procurement process. The chief procurement officer was never going to be independent because it's a state official. You need more of civil society, private sector expert engagement with the process that is unattached to the uh, dispensation of the tender eventually downstream. So upstream, you need a more independent process. I think that this process... Yeah is too fragmented, allowing people to play with it. Prof, the politicians will deny. I mean, that's what Mandile Masugu is saying, the Gauteng Health MEC. Uh, he's insisted, I don't sign the checks. I'm not responsible for procurement. Don't put the blame on me. In fact, he insists he's the one who got the ball rolling on investigating uh, the irregularities we've been discussing. So these hands are clean. We've heard that one before, haven't we? These hands are clean. Um, the real issue here is these hands are always clean, but they play behind the scenes and tickle the system. So if you go to Kenya and look at their system for public procurement, they have a public procurement regulatory authority, an autonomous authority that is led by uh, a tribunal at the, at, the, at, the, at the helm. So this tribunal, alongside the authority, sits over uh, high-value procurement matters where people are allowed to transparently table their concerns with the procurement process. 
The Public Procurement Regulatory Authority also advertises uh, to make sure tenders are advertised uh, transparently, make sure that tenders are received and adjudicated transparently, and make sure it publicizes all tenders, all supplier names at a certain uh, rand value upwards, and all um, state officials that might be involved in a particular bid. That level of transparency is what we see wanting in South Africa. One of the issues, of course, that has arisen is that, look, we're in an emergency. Uh, government needed to procure items that were wanted by pretty much everyone in the world. And so when bidders came forward uh, and priced materials and said this is what they could provide at these prices in an emergency, government may not have had the luxury of going through the normal procurement processes that would be in place. Uh, is that a good enough excuse for what we are seeing? The emergency backdoor has existed for as long as procurement has been around in, uh, in, in the New South Africa. So the emergency procurement issue is, is, I mean, as a forensic auditor, I find that to be at the center of every excuse I get when I engage with the procurement corruption issue. Yeah. It was an emergency. But when you analyze the emergency, you realize that the digging of graves, the procuring of PPE, yes, there is a degree of urgency, but that urgency can wait one more week. It's not really urgency. We create urgency because we want to manipulate and redirect to, to, to covert illicit sources. What about politicians who are being implicated in this? Um, people that they are connected to, relatives, spouses, uh, that kind of thing. How do we get rid of uh, that kind of scandal? You know, I don't know that we're serious about acting. And I think that, yes, where the presidency needs to stand firm and act. I mean, we've got matters right now in which we should just see action. People shouldn't be asked to resign. People should be told to leave. So action is a serious problem. The AG has been producing reports, the Auditor General has been producing reports for 26 years now that indicate that one of the central of three issues in, 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 in state uh, governance uh, and, and public sector governance is the issue of procurement irregularities, wasteful, irregular, fruitless expenditure. So, and, and he's been identifying the AG over time now, they've been identifying that office, a number of conflicts where uh, politicians, uh, officials of the state are involved in companies. They produce reports every year, the AG does, that indicate these are companies in which state officials have an interest act. I swear to you, there's not much action. Action is the only route. Action, and you also say government can't fix these issues by itself. Government needs to be overseen. Government has shown us that it cannot stare irregularity in the face and act. Cronyism, cronyism is at the forefront. So what it must do there is pass the buck to us, pass the buck to civil society, pass the buck to the business sector, and let us be part of the process of holding you accountable. Self-accountability is just not working. So they need to look at getting independent people on board that will hold them to account, people who have civil society's interests, the public at large's interests. But they'll throw, that, they'll throw that back at you, Prof, and they'll say the, pub, the private sector also has corruption challenges. Uh, they're not angels either. Happiness. Look, they can throw that back, but the concept of collective action is a solution to a pervasive problem. So if you go and add another layer of control inside government for supply chain, all you're going to find is that layer two will be overridden. So you need collective action by civil society, the public in general, by business sector, by the private sector holistically. Um, and of course, you can't leave public sector out of it. 
But certainly leaving it to them is no solution. Yes, of course, private sector is involved in corruption. Uh, but if you bring the criminal closer to you, uh, I think you're, you're heading down the right path. Bring the criminal closer. Bring all these criminals closer around the same table and let's fight this problem together. Prof, is it your sense that uh, we could be having this conversation a year from now, five years from now, about whatever crisis we may be facing as a country at that point? We had this conversation in 1996 when the arms deal was at its peak. We will have it again in another 20 years. I'm certain of it. That's an unfortunate reading of it, but it's difficult to disagree with you. Professor Peter Goss, their procurement and corporate governance advisor. Follow 702 on Twitter at Radio 702. I think what it does lead me to say is simply this. South Africans need all of us to have our voices heard on these things. It can no longer be uh, that not only do we read about extensive corruption, inexplicable decisions, and then we get thrown with stupid, stupid explanations. Like, for example, what I've been telling you about this morning from the Limpopo Premier who cut ribbons at a housing development and now wants to distance himself from it, saying he only realized uh, he was uh, launching the, you know, was launching a, a development of shacks only when he arrived. That kind of thing needs to stop. But equally importantly, Mr. President and all your ministers, all the leading politicians, you need to read the room. Read the room because we as South Africans have had enough of this impunity. We will not stand for it any longer.